0: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com. That's dot com. Hey friendo, Steve here. Hey Larson. And welcome back to Going
1: In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. It is time for Ask. Steven Larson, ask going in raw. That's right. We get these questions directly from the friendos. That's right. If you want to participate, if you want your question read here on ask going in raw, patreon.com slash Steven Larson, $5 and up, or click join on the YouTube and you'll get your question. Maybe your question will make the thumbnail this week. Uh, you never know. Crazier things have happened. Uh, so Larson, what's the first What's the first question we got? First
2: today? question here is from the blind mask six four one nine. Blind mask asks, "Do you guys think AEW needs a writer room instead of just Tony Khan? Uh, more things not involving Blackpool Combat Club or Elite." Uh, I think it goes without saying, based on what we've seen from uh, AEW's current project uh, product. Absolutely yes. Um, I know there's people uh, that help Tony Khan with creative uh, names. Uh, we've heard. I mean, obviously, Will Washington. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, uh, apparently Brian Danielson's going to help out with Collision, QT Marshall, and then there's Tony Kong. That's kind of
1: the there's well, it's funny because he had during the media call, I think it was, he listed off like I don't know, it seemed like five to seven people, yeah, without even naming it. I think Will Washington was sort of thrown in there at the end, but like it seems like it's maybe a bit beefier than we had originally suspected. It
2: could be, be. I mean, it seems like though that all the people who are, who are in Tony Khan's kind of creative brain trust also mm-hmm. have other duties within the company. Mm-hmm. There's not like right, yeah. a dedicated creative team.
1: Right, yeah. Near as yeah. I can
2: tell. Yeah. Um, cause I think Sanjay produces. Mm-hmm. Uh, QT obviously handles a lot of stuff backstage. And
1: right? he gets himself on TV. Yes,
2: Brian Danielson, obviously a wrestler, will mm-hmm. uh, have a whole list of responsibilities um, listed when he got brought on or brought to a- or came to AEW. So it might behoove Tony Khan to hire at least a couple people to focus entirely on the creative aspect. Um, you know, I, 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 we were more down on double or nothing than seemingly a lot of people were, but seemingly the consensus was it was a very uneven show. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. uh, and and as we've seen with AEW Creative over the last year, uneven is a pretty diplomatic way to describe it. Uh, yeah. There's been some ups, but a lot of downs. Mm-hmm. and And there's been a lot of inconsistency, a lot of storylines that have started that haven't really gone anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe if there is a dedicated creative mm-hmm. staff, those issues could be somewhat rectified.
1: It seems like and, and and you're you're right i there should be some sort of I don't know and you know this is this is from the outside looking in mm-hmm. you know we're looking at because let me ask you this question. Mm our issues with double or nothing wasn't necessarily, it didn't have any to do with like the wrestling, like, okay, Cole Jericho was actually that sort of an outlier in that the execution of that match. And I honestly think the, the match was sort of, I don't know, kind of ill-conceived. It was just sort of a clunky ass match. Yeah. But beyond that, a lot of the decisions I think that made double or nothing lukewarm to us uneven's a better word was um, sort of the decision-making process behind it and really sort of in a macro sense that's been the issue with uh, with AEW is that there seems to be and I don't really have like a better word for it um, but I, I can come up with two there seems to be a lack of like proper continuity and when I say that I mean like a through line where a feud will start it will develop and then it will come to a normal conclusion within certain conventions of pro wrestling that we've gotten used to i mean let's let's i'll be frank here vince mcmahon sort of created the template for the big national weekly television you know how do you how, how you book things and at its best it's really damn good um and aew seems to drift away from certain feuds they seem to like i don't know there seems to be a lack of like through line and there seems to be a lack of sort of like feud structure like storyline structure and so however what whatever sort of like internal uh uh, personnel structure that would fix that issue Mm -hmm. that would be necessary is probably what he should have because it does seem like as opposed to a dedicated creative staff who will map out because we've seen in all access tony khan has his crinkly piece of paper guys 11 by 14 folded up piece of paper yeah but where on that paper at at what along the way was there like okay keith lee and swerve you're gonna do this you're Mm -hmm. gonna do this then you're gonna do this and this is how it's gonna pay off it seems like there are things that fall through the cracks and that's that's a situation that i think aew could be vastly improved and and that's why i i had always said this tongue-in-cheek but maybe not cody rhodes a guy who came up in uh, uh <laughs> i i know I, you always make a face but the dude was there next to tony khan and cody rhodes came up in weekly television like i i think and when you look at when aew is good Cody was there. Maybe his own creative wasn't all that stellar, but there did seem to be structure with its creative back then. Um, and, and I can't help, but think maybe with him gone, Tony Khan seemed to think, hey, pff, I could do this. No problem. This is easy. And it's it was actually kind of not easy. No, it's not easy at all. It's not easy at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe there is some truth to Cody having some sway over in terms of a larger sense, keeping storylines focused, uh, backstage. You know, that's entirely possible. One aspect I thought that Cody probably definitely brought and that might be missing now is, you know, this is all based on Roads to the Top, so Grain of Salt. This could be <laughs> all for the television yeah. show. But he seemed yeah. like one of the guys, if not the guy, people went backstage to talk to with issues. Mm-hmm, yeah, You know, because they knew that he would listen and that he had Tony Khan's ear. Mm-hmm, and so maybe yeah. if people had issues with their creative, they could talk to Cody about it. Cody related that to Tony Khan, maybe something could be done about it. But nowadays don't know if there's someone backstage who fills that same role.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Who knows? And maybe that's what, you know, Jericho, Danielson, Mox, maybe that was, maybe. you know, something that they, they were filling, but and, and yeah, it seems like Danielson, I mean, it honestly does seem like because of, you know, the hiring of Will Washington, be, because it seems like Danielson is taking on more of a creative role. It seems there is some sort of acknowledgement that the way things are going now might not be the best way to go and even though i mean you know if, if you watch tony khan's press conference you sort of see otherwise but there did seem to be some amount of self-awareness when he said you know i'm always trying to look at my stuff and see how it can be better so maybe that's you have like a snarky look on your face No, i
2: don't know maybe part of the the, the addition to the creative team because he had a whole other two-hour show he has to book he's like all right this is too much at this point
1: well, yeah. And maybe, hey, look, maybe that'll be sort of a blessing in in disguise. It's like, okay, this is too much. I just booked another two hour show. And maybe the addition of a guy like Brian Danielson, who's also had plenty of experience in mm-hmm. weekly television, mm-hmm. a- and also a guy, by the way, who seems to want to help build like yes. future wrestlers, yes. you know, you to pinning Kenny Omega, um, maybe that'll have an effect up and down the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that we'll see some improvements in but there 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 does need to be improvements and and yeah focusing maybe on you know rearranging or 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 having a dedicated um creative team yeah. might help that yeah, yeah. i think it go a long way for sure
2: yeah next question here from Cody Martinez where do you guys think the bloodline goes after night of champions so is jimmy attacking roman the final straw
1: Man, where does the bloodline go from here? That's probably going to end up being the thumbnail because everybody loves bloodline stuff. So, Cody Martinez, good for you. You you, you nailed the thumbnail. Um, where does it go from here? So, uh, I mean, the next pay-per-view, obviously, premium live event is Money in the Bank, uh, July 1st, I think it is, in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seems like that there's plenty of time. There's a month. Who knows what's going to happen on SmackDown in two days. But... You got to have the Usos versus Roman and Solo next. That seems to be the thing. And I know people are going to be like, well, Roman doesn't defend his title. I'll be honest with you. I don't know where you stand on this. I don't give a shit if Roman defends his title or not. If he's in the middle of like the most compelling story in wrestling, those titles can collect dust. I don't give a shit. Plus, we got Seth Rollins with his crotchless pants mm-hmm. uh, uh, with his title on, on Raw. And that looks like a million bucks on him, especially when he's got, you know, uh, uh, no clothing on his crotch from uh, Raw the other night. Um, yeah, I don't know. We have another world champion. He could defend his a bunch, and Roman Reigns can be in the most compelling story. So I don't know. Money in the bank. You do Roman versus Roman and Solo versus the Usos, the big bloodline blow up. Maybe they bring in Tamatanga and Tonga Loa or something like that. Hikaleo, I don't know. Um to boost up the to to get some fresh blood into the bloodline. Uh and then at SummerSlam, he's got to defend the title at SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. Uh honestly. Jay Uso. From yeah, <laughs> no. defend against Jay Uso at SummerSlam. Let's get the crowd, you know, that crowd behind Jey Uso. And here's the thing. I think that if they do Jay Uso SummerSlam, even though my brain says, "Oh, he ain't going to be the guy." I have seen the sentiment so often online that Jay should be the guy. They could get me to believe that Jay will I be the a guy. I have a solution for you per- perhaps.
0: In just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie dot com. That's A.N.G.I. dot com.
2: Okay. where Jay gets a win over Roman, but it's not for the title. Hear me out. So obviously, Jimmy's done. Done. Mm -hmm. He's out. He's done. Yeah. Jay's caught in the middle. Mm hmm. Um, because he's still trying to protect his brother. I don't think mm-hmm. Jay has a whole lot of uh, allegiance to Roman. Mm-hmm. I think he's looking out for Jimmy. He doesn't want Jimmy mm-hmm. to have to face uh, the onslaught that Roman and Solo are going to bring. So if he's do everything yeah. he can to protect him, at a certain point, there's going to be a breaking point. He has to make the choice. Jimmy or Bloodline, of course, he's going to choose Jimmy. That's his brother. So mm-hmm. if we get at Money at the Bank, Roman and Solo versus the Usos, have Jay pin Roman... At Money in the Bank at the tag mm, match, mm,
1: that's good. Yeah, he would be
2: the first person to pin Roman. Yeah, since the Bloodline began. Yeah, and you that's can use good. that to motivate the title match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Jay loses. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, but he gets that. He gets he gets to be the first one to pin Roman, and that's huge.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, if they if they they can actually use you know, the Usos own the, the bloodline strategy when you if you do bring in a Tangaloa, something like that, um, uh Gorilla's a destiny, uh, and they can be sort of, you know, the 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 new Usos there in the bloodline. That's what they'll call themselves the new Usos. <laughs> the the new Usos. Um Yeah, I and and you know, and use some of that bloodline magic against guys who know the bloodline. Uh but I dude, I think they can build Jay up into a guy who I believe he's going to beat Roman, oh, yeah. but of course he doesn't because yeah. I, I still don't think WWE's going to do that. But they can make, I, I guarantee they can craft a story to make me believe that come SummerSlam, Jey Uso oh, yeah. could win this. And if styles.
2: you have J pin Roman at, in the tag match,
1: that's a great way to that's do it. Yeah. The,
2: you go, that's a huge way to do it. And it also shows, yeah. okay, without the full power of the bloodline, mm-hmm. Roman's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for he sure. He's super yeah. vulnerable. Um, and And, you know, whether Roman by the time SummerSlam rolls around, and whether it gets, it's against Jay, Cody, whoever else, kind of brings in some reinforcements for the bloodline. Well, then you got mm-hmm. the story of, okay, how are these new members of the bloodline going, going to adjust to life under Roman? Because <laughs> yeah, that right. shit ain't yeah. easy.
1: You know? and, maybe, and maybe given that, maybe that they're, you know, you know, guerrillas a destiny, they bring him in. They're like, uh, you know, basically bloodline mercenaries, kind of. You know, they have a looser connection to the bloodline. Roman's like, man, I can't. These guys, they're not. They're. I'm gonna having a hard time putting them under thumb. You know, <laughs> they're kind of wiling out. And uh, and it used to be the Usos kind of were, were easy to keep under thumb because. We used to hang out as kids, so I could always bring up the emotional manipulation of being family. Mm-hmm. These guys are kind of crazy at doing their own thing; they're not sticking to the plan, and they sort of, you know, don't care when I yell at them. They're just here to get the money. Yep. Um. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics that you could that you could uh, uh, play out, uh, and then Survivor Series, of course, doesn't have to be. You know, Survivor Series, dude, could be. The Usos and Kevin and Sammy mm-hmm. versus the new bloodline, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that could be a war game situation, mm-hmm. a Survivor Series. Um, head to the Rumble, another Roman title defense against I don't know who. You know, it could be anybody at that yeah. point. And then yeah. uh, by that time, uh, Seth wins the Rumble and beats Roman at WrestleMania. Oh, you got Seth, not Cody, huh? I don't know. It'll probably be Cody. But I think at this point, man, I don't know. I, think, I honestly think it's kind of a toss-up. I think they're going to see where the directions go. Seth keeps on mentioning Roman. He keeps on mentioning Roman. I don't think they're going to do that Survivor Series. I think that's like Seth loses his title and he goes after Roman. And the only way you could do that by crossing brands is through the Royal Rumble or or I guess Money in the Bank. Yeah, Yeah.
2: but with Seth as champion, I doubt he's going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Right, yeah. Seems highly unlikely. Got another Roman bloodline question here from the Ulysses. Or Ulysses, sorry if I got the name wrong. Says, do you think the dominance of Roman's Title run is put into question when out of twenty-eight title defenses, he's only won eight. Sorry, one clean eight times. No, I don't think it's going to put into question. Um, I mean, we all know that uh, this is all choreographed. The results are predetermined. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to really stand out about this particular title run is the storyline that is that 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 motivates it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think sure. this bloodline storyline is will probably undoubtedly, see when they stick the landing. Um, go down as, as one of, if not the best storylines in the history of wrestling. And mm-hmm. that's what wrestling's about, is telling stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if the story continues to develop and be intriguing and, and, and emotionally engrossing and, mm-hmm. and, and you're captivated by it and, and, and you go into these matches invested in who wins and loses, mm-hmm. then they're doing their job right. I mean, yep. there, you know, there's that spell between Probably Rumble and up to Mania, where it seemed to be a bit formulaic in terms of how Roman was winning matches, especially.
1: Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I understand that, and that I don't think that has anything to do with the fact of him winning clean or not. I think it was just a lack of creativity, maybe, and how the 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 booking of the finishes went.
1: Yeah, Michael Hayes doing the same finish. it was every the same time. finish yeah. for three, four <laughs> right. matches in a row. Yeah.
2: Um, but you know, that's my look at it. That's my take. Other people might think, well, Roman's reign might be a bit more legitimate if he didn't have to rely on the bloodline so much, but it's that push and pull between all members of the bloodline, especially in the finish of his matches, when it's done right, that makes Mm -hmm. the story so interesting.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, like you said, the biggest thing is it's it's all sort of scripted entertainment and so you look at um, I don't know, you can look at characters in sort of the fictional world you know who's the greatest for example movie villain of all time like Darth Vader is it Anton Sugar is it Biff Tannen you know oh, people say like- that
2: Darth Vader won battles using the force too much <laughs>
1: That's exactly what I was getting no. at, man. It's like, did Biff Tannen use his own bloodline with uh with his what was it like uh what's his face? Wasn't Billy Zane yeah. in uh in Back to the Future 2 yeah. as part of his crew? Yeah. Um, you know, did he use Billy Zane too much to beat Michael J. Fox and in in George uh, uh George McFly? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's fictional characters. It's the story, man. That's what matters. It's exactly what you're saying. It's the story that matters. Um and here's the thing about, here. this is the thing that they also actually keep with Roman consistent is that that dude can kick out of anything. He is taken finisher after finisher after finisher. And the one strength that he does have is he will kick out of everything. Um, And so that is, if you want to consider it a character strength that further legitimizes his title run, yes, he uses shortcuts. He uses Solo Sokoa. He uses the Usos. I get that, but it's not like he's a chump. yeah <laughs> you know? it's like yeah. he has legitimately beaten pretty big opponents., uh, I mean, he he lost to Seth Rollins, but only because he was beating the shit out of him too much. you yeah. know, yeah, um so no, I, I don't think it delegitimizes anything. It's the fact is in wrestling, you know, Eddie Guerrero was celebrated as a guy who very creatively cheated to win so many times. And uh and that goes with all great heels. Mm-hmm. It's like you look at a guy like Triple H during his reign of terror, it's like, well, yeah, he used sledgehammers and evolution, but the guy got it done. And wrestling in the end, if you can get it done, that's all that matters. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of feel like Roman's reign will this is gonna this is an all-time character. It's an all-time story. It is impressive how uh roman reigns a guy who if you look at him five years ago during his promos he had zero confidence mm. in his voice i mean mm. go back and watch like the suffering succotash oh, promo so bad it's awful and he that dude has like no sack whatsoever in his voice Yep. these days he is a commanding terrifying figure even when he's not there Yep. when roman's taking a week off it's like the specter the aura of roman reigns is terrifying he is the godfather yeah um talking about brando not uh uh you know the fighting machine Yeah. um he is the emperor so, palpatine right exactly it's terrifying yeah uh so uh so no i think romans i think romans reign is going to be an all-time one i mean honestly you know i i don't know if john cena has because cena was the guy who'd won it win it and lose it a lot yeah uh, but like, I don't know if there was an all time Cena reign rain punk has his 400 plus day mm-hmm. rain, which mm-hmm. was pretty impressive. Um, and that to me is more memorable than any of the individual John Cena reigns. Who's widely known as like the best ever. Yeah. Um, so I think the rain really makes the guy, you know, I, I really do. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, I think, I think is, I think this rain is fine.
2: It's great. Solid.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. All right, man. What's the next question?
2: Uh, This one comes from Alex Foster. Alex says, even with the brand split, do you think it becomes a problem if we see the same people every week? I love most of the main event talent on both shows, but I feel like seeing them every week gets repetitive.
1: Uh, Okay, so
2: let's go back to pre-2016 before the brand split where you Mm -hmm. were having on Raw and SmackDown kind of the same roster you know they're they're mm-hmm. booking them as raw smackdown super shows but yeah right it it felt like same i don't know 25 people were on both shows leaving the rest yeah. of the roster just scant tv time to try mm-hmm. to find ways to get in, in, into storylines mm-hmm. and so that was like the huge positive the brand split when they brought back in 2016 mm-hmm. yeah oh more opportunities for more people you know the, the 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 branded pay-per-views are up and down because yes, there's more pay-per-view time for more people at the same time, but each pay-per-view, especially the the B-level ones, feel like you know kind of like Super Show editions of the respective shows without really yeah, feeling right. like a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, right. you know, once they got back to cross branded pay-per-views, it didn't seem like as much of an issue. But yeah, you know, on 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 Raw this week, had AJ Styles make an appearance for some reason. Just wanted to say congratulations to Seth Rollins. Um, and and, and you, you hope this is an isolated thing. This mm-hmm. is not something that's going to be happening on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you you think the point of the draft is to establish separate rosters for separate brands. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of of cross-pollination is all right. But um, if it gets to the point where, which we're not quite there yet. But if it were to get to the point where you are got the same 30, 35 people on both shows, well... There's a lot of people on the roster who aren't getting TV time because they're not respecting the brand split or the separate rosters.
1: Yeah, I hope that AJ this week, and I was fine with AJ because they did sort of motivate it by story. You know, he wanted to come out and say congratulations to Seth Rollins and who doesn't want to see him team up with Seth Rollins? That's kind of cool. They established him as a SmackDown guy. I know that because they had the SmackDown logo on his lower third. And he and said, hey, to be it's... On Smackdown. <laughs> yeah, and he said that too. Um, so I, I, I wonder if you know wwe might want to utilize certain stars or certain opportunities to kind of cross promote the two shows that wouldn't surprise me it's like oh aj styles is going back to smackdown now that makes me want to watch smackdown more um just as a reminder of what's going on over there if somebody's like no i'm firmly a raw person which would be weird um but, uh, but yeah, I, I do hope that at most it's like an 80 20 split. Look, the tag titles right now are across brands. The bloodline is a big, big story, which can sometimes spill into Raw. But I like that the Judgment Day, for example, says, We run Raw, you know, mm-hmm. and they do still need to figure out. Honestly, I don't even give a shit right now about like the whole Rhea Ripley still SmackDown Women's Champion, Asuka's Raw Women's Champion. <clears throat> they do need to figure that at some point. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me as long as the shit's entertaining. I thought Raw this week was pretty entertaining. And so I didn't really give a shit about that. Um, There are enough people who sort of, you know, the women's tag team, uh, uh, the women's tag champions, Shane and Ronda. I don't know how that's going to mesh with the NXT women's tag titles. Although I sort of suspect that they're simply going to um, have Shane and Ronda beat them too. And then just, you know, merge the two titles, unify them and just sort of forget about the NXT uh, women's tag titles. Um, but they're cross brand, and so they'll be, you know, across both shows. Um, but beyond that, yeah, keep keep the ro- roster separate. I thought that, you know, after the the last couple of years, especially with Vincent charge, they bent over backwards coming up with, oh, we've got the cross brand invitational or whatever oh, that I shit know. was. That was amazing. it was terrible. It's like just you know, find story motivations, not silly rule gimmicks. Once they can use them three times a quarter. Well, I'm not going to keep track of that shit. No. That sounds ludicrous. Yes, Why? Why are they doing that? Yes. Do we have to have a score sheet to keep track of all this? Right. But when you had Ray Mysterio want to leave one brand for another, or he just wanted to quit the company and Triple yeah. H was like, hey, let me keep you over on this brand. Your idiot son is on this brand, so you'll be fine. And so when they did meet up, it was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. You know, Dom was like, I'm going to go there and see my idiot dad. And he shows up and it's like, oh, man, this is a conversation we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit of having a harder brand yep. split yep. Um, because you get stuff like that. And and I love the story of a guy who's like, I can't handle this. I need to quit. No, just come over to this other brand because that person's not there. There's a lot they can do with the idea of brands that they haven't even come close mm-hmm. to exploring that I really wish they would. Um, so uh, So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they keep the brand's relatively separate because it just makes for a better product you you mentioned 2016 go back to 2002 when they did the for 2000 yeah 2002 when they did the first brand split um you know you get that that was a pretty hard brand split yeah you know and you had like the smackdown six for that certain period of time you had paul Heyman running one of the brands you had some competition between writing teams mm-hmm. and i really think that that's sort of the way to go even though it's clear they're that those days are, are behind largely us. gone yeah 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 um but yeah keep them separate yep
2: uh, Andrew Connolly here says with the rumors of punk coming back, do you think that the elite will let their contracts run out and leave?
1: <sighs> Dude, it all, it depends on two things. How happy it depends on one thing. How happy are they? That, that's what it depends on. I, I, I don't think it has to do with look, if they're, if they want to help continue to build this company with their name in it, but they're miserable, guess what? They're not going to give a shit about building anything. They're going to be miserable. I want out of here because this place sucks. I'm not going to be able to happily build up anything um, because nobody wants to be in a place where you're miserable regardless of what your intentions Mm -hmm. are. So they will bolt and make a ton of money in WWE. If the punk experiment works and by the time the end of the year rolls around when allegedly, reportedly, their contracts are out and, uh, and they're happy and Tony Khan has put them in a good place where they can sort of you know, uh, uh, write their own path and write their own creative and continue on with cool stuff like the anarchy and the arena, black bull combat clubs feud. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kenny Omega gets to, gets to wrestle with his buddy Kota Bushi and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If they're happy and they're making a bunch of money, they'll stay. If they're fucking miserable, if this, if their contracts come out, uh, come up a week after brawl out Two, another thing happens, uh, full gear. You know, whatever they're going, whatever yeah, uh, yeah. metaphor they use for full gear, whatever play a pun they use for full yeah, gear. If there's yeah. a big blow up there, yeah. and their contracts come up a month later, guess what? They're done. They're out of there. If they're not happy, they're gone.
2: Yeah, no, that's what it comes down to: how satisfied they are with their work and where they're working. And if they're they're happy with their situation there, they'll stick around. And if and if if for whatever reason, whether it's punk related or not, they're not, then I would be surprised they didn't entertain other options.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, all
2: right, I got a conspiracy theory for you, Steve.
1: Awesome. Let's hear it. Oh, I love conspiracy theories, man.
2: So have you seen he- heard about the, the new AEW logo, which just says AEW, no all elite wrestling on it.
1: <gasps> Shut up. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. No. Yeah. They- is it like is it the one that's above like the collision? It just says AEW, yeah. it doesn't say all elite wrestling. It's the same okay, font, okay. It's the same design. It just in the same Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It. Yeah. Maybe they're adopt
2: They're they're they have that designed, ready to roll that out in the event that the elite don't stick around.
1: That could be. I think you're. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think that's totally likely. All entertainment wrestling. All
2: entertainment wrestling. Exactly. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I, would I, they?
1: Do you think they would go the KFC route? I forget what that's called when it's it no longer stands for something. It no longer stands for. Oh Arke yeah, Deku yeah, Red yeah. I don't remember what that's called either. I don't remember either. When they're just like you know, it's like oh man, look at this. Drew Galloway is AE. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. He's After Effects. What? <laughs> what? I I don't have much else to add you
2: get i mean it, this comes down to to uh, their satisfaction
1: their happiness if they let me let me throw this what? one out there for you given everything you know if their contract was up june 1st and they had to make the decision now do you think they'd stick around yeah you do yeah I have a caveat on that one. All right. I think they would start doing, I think they would do a short-term extension. They'd do yeah. like a three-month extension and see, okay, you're bringing this guy back? We're going to see how this works out. We'll see how, We're how this We're going to see Tony. how this works out. Yeah, we'll see how his body holds up over three months. Yeah. I think they'd probably do like a short-term extension or try to do that, and if Tony held their feet to the fire, they'd probably be like, I think, I think they'd, they'd probably leave.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Metal Pulse asks who should beat Orange Cassidy And should Orange Cassidy go for the AEW World Championship There's two names that should beat Orange Cassidy They're Mira and Malachi mm-hmm, yeah. Black yeah, Those are the two those names on the top of my head I feel like should be the ones who are first in line
1: To beat Orange Cassidy um, I think there's yeah one more name that's Swerve Swerve yes I feel
2: like after yeah. Swerve Assuming they get to this Keith Lee feud mm-hmm, yeah. That's a massive if at this point If Tony Khan actually books that feud Mm-hmm. Um, after that few deaths, absolutely. But I feel like they, you know, in in terms of rest, normal wrestling storytelling, that's the swir- that's the storyline that Swerve Keith Keithley would have to get to before yeah. going on for 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 championship gold per per, per se. Mm-hmm. If I think in terms of immediate names, mm-hmm. like you could show up on Wednesday and beat Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say Miro or or Malachi. Um, as far as Orange Cassidy going after the a- the AEW World Title, I'd be surprised. But you look at the metrics. That he pops, mm-hmm, quarter yeah. hours, YouTube views. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Tony Khan is is as much of an analytics guy as we hear, mm-hmm. you can't discount the possibility that some point down the line, it could happen if there's a continual uptick in Orange Cassidy segments.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, but you know, I don't know. I still say back when it was was like a triple threat: Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega, and Pac. Mm-hmm. I still say they should have put the title on him for like a week because that man, that crowd was so hot for Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. And I kind of appreciate like when ECW used to do that shit, not when WCW 2000 would have 11 title reigns in seven weeks, but like, you know, like a one week thing. And then the elite's too overwhelming for him and the best friends and they take it back off him. I mean, they had Christian win the damn impact title off Kenny Omega back then. Um but no, that that triple threat was really that was a really great triple threat and I was like, man, that'd be kind of cool cuz Orange Cassidy especially then was like super hot. Yeah. He's really established something special with this title reign, I think. Um his ceiling was far greater than I had actually thought it would be 3 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um he's still a lot of fun. He really does toe that perfect line of like comedy guy but also not necessarily mm-hmm. comedy guy, mm-hmm. like actual fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. The press conference the other day, the post, uh, the, the scrum afterwards, when somebody asked him, do you think you're the best, <laughs> the best wrestler in the world? And he just says, no, not even close. <laughs> he goes up. He, try, he tried to put the title, you know how like they have that stand for the yeah, title yeah. in front of, he tried to put it on there. It just slumps over. Oh man. Um yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's a couple people who who could totally beat him now. Uh and but but regardless, I want to see him mixed up in uh, the same thing we always say, good stories, yeah. you know, that continue to flesh out his character because if you keep on doing that, then he's gonna continue to be compelling and, and he'll continue to pop those numbers because he is he's in a, the dude is an actual attraction. It he really is. is.
2: He is. Uh, got a question here from Luis. Uh, Luis asks, who is the all-time number one Money in the Bank participant? And who would you put an ideal uh, eight-man Money in the Bank ladder match of anyone all-time? So there's two names that stand out in terms of Money in the Bank all-timers.
1: Sedge so mm-hmm. yeah. yep.
2: won the first one, cashed it in, then yep. beat Mr. Kennedy for the briefcase, yeah, cashed in again. Yeah. Yeah. CM Punk won the Money in the Bank oh. ladder match two years in a row. Okay. He was at
1: WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go with Seth Rollins as my probably like the most memorable oh, yeah. actual run. You know, we talked earlier about Reigns and him holding that thing. You know, Seth Rollins was the perfect guy of like, oh, he's ready. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants to see this shit. He was hot. He, you know, betrayed the shield, won it. And he was carrying around that beat ass, you know, money because he would be hitting people with the yeah. with the money in the bank yeah. briefcase he really took that concept and made the most of it and so for me my two names are seth and edge because edge the guy that cracked oh fuck, this guy is sitting there bleeding after a brutal match i'm gonna cash in now and that when that happened everybody was like whoa wait a second you could do that Mm -hmm. like this is that you could do that now um and seth doing it on the largest stage of them all oh yeah wrestlemania was like the best cash in of all time. So yeah, I'd I'd give it to Seth and Edge. Those would be my names. All right, we'll do Seth Edge. We'll do CM Punk. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, As far as someone who never won Money the Bank, but always put on awesome performances in Money the Bank, Shelton Benjamin.
1: Yeah, Shelton Benjamin, yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah. You know, like the first three, four, whatever, how many he was in, he was Mm -hmm. always doing awesome stuff. It's a bummer he never won it. Um, As far as more recent names... In, uh, a guy, a
1: guy, traditionally who should have won it was Chris Jericho. Yeah. I think it was like his idea. Wasn't it like his idea I think in the was first place the like that? Something like that. Uh, I Jericho would have been the perfect Mister Money in the Bank.
2: Mm-hmm. Any other names?
1: I mean, no. Who who's who's won it recently? Brock Brock with the freaking stupid boombox. What name about Miz, fun. he's had that briefcase twice. Nah, bro. Nah, worst. Otis, worst. Oh yeah, best. Oh yeah. Where's worst. my Otis? Should have been aj's Oh, here he is. Look at this guy. Should have look been aj's right he here. Perfect. Look, this is great because I got. Oh yeah, I got Otis here. And then I used to have a little money in the bank. Yeah, briefcase. yeah I, know, I remember that. And then because I won Big Red, I got a Steve here one with the Big Red right here. Look at that guy. The best friends right here. Oh yeah. All, all right. The all-time, the all-time going in Raw moment. Right oh, there. I couldn't stand that. that moment made me so upset. Uh, Cameron Bordelazzo
2: here asked, was Night of Champions the best Saudi show WWE has done so far? Oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe? Yeah, probably. So at Crown Jewel 2021 is when they brought back King of the Ring when Xavier Woods won, and then they had the Queen's Crown, which Zelina Vega won. Main event was mm-hmm. no surprise here. Roman versus Brock yeah um, but we got Becky versus Bianca and Sasha in a triple threat mm-hmm. Uh Biggie versus Drew for the WB title um, oh that's when uh, Goldberg and Lashley had their
1: that uh, was a good match no
2: holds barred match that was a good match um, Edge and Seth and Hell in a Cell that was a very good match
1: mm-hmm. I mean the Fiend won the universal title at a Saudi show I think
2: and then yeah. Goldberg beat the Fiend for the universal title at a crown jewel
1: too I don't like that yeah um I don't know, top of my head, probably. You know, there is, I can, it, it's it's such a complex thing that like I have no desire to debate here. But there is the juxtaposition of like, you know, the, the actions of the Saudi Arabian government, what they try to accomplish with this deal with WWE, mm-hmm. the sports washing thing. Mm-hmm. But then you see little mini docs of Sami Zayn, a guy who's finally able to go there and experience a, a, a very intense, personal, positive, religious, spiritual thing there um and and the reception he gets from the crowd Mm -hmm. and and it's difficult to sort of you know analyze the entire situation without a lot of just sticky you know uh, uh uh issues yeah um but to see that side of it anyways you know the Sami Zayn going there thing um is is really cool mm-hmm. from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Both both for sammy
2: and Mustafa Ali who had a similar mm-hmm. video package.
1: Mustafa yeah, exactly, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're, you know, totally right about about all that. Um
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like cuz you know, we still get comments, "Oh, you're still supporting these shows." And it's like, it's a little more complex than that. You know, it's like, yes, I understand the ramifications mm-hmm. of what's happening here with the corporate deal between the government mm-hmm. and the WWE. I am fully aware of that. At the same time, there is a human element with some of the the personalities the wrestlers involved um, and the ability to go there and, and do certain things that I think can't be ignored either. Um so you know we do what we can we 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 do the charity streams yep. we've raised over $20,000 yep. using these these Saudi shows yep. um so it's been a positive for us um so yeah and then just let the the socio-political politics play out i guess yeah,
2: i guess oh um elemental giant here asked do you think NXT would be better today if it never switched to 2.0 oh man that's a tough one um, because I mean, it feels like NXT is kind of in, in a transitionary phase right now where it's getting a little bit away from what the, the philosophy of 2.0 initially was, was less indie wrestlers, more collegiate athletes, and we'll develop them pretty much from the ground up. And now, mm-hmm. yeah, there's this large influx of wrestlers from NXT UK since they shut that down. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of brought, in a way, the spirit of NXT black and gold back mm-hmm. to this particular iteration of NXT. Um, yeah. There's still, you know, some of the 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 collegiate athletes, you know, the creeds obviously are are doing really awesome work, um, mm-hmm. and there's several more, but it's 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 right now it kind of feels like NXT's taken the best of the philosophy of, of, of NXT under Triple H and the best of the philosophy under Shawn Michaels, where there's yeah. interesting characters. They've kind of gotten away a little bit from the really over the top stuff they were trying to do in the initial mm-hmm. phase of 2.0. Yeah. Um. And, and you get interesting characters involved in not necessarily complicated stories, but logically motivated stories mm-hmm, that build yeah. the matches, and you are invested in the outcome of who wins and loses. And that, that at its basics, that's pro wrestling. Yeah, um, yeah. And like match quality is really good. I, I haven't watched all of Battleground yet, about halfway through it. It's a solid show. Three matches in, they're all really good yeah. matches.
1: Yeah, that Iliad, right? That Iliad Digest well, was, that was brutal. special. Brutal.
2: Yeah. Um, so I don't know, in, in one sense I feel like maybe the switch to 2.0 needed to happen so the the vision, the voice of of NXT could get a change because yeah, well the quality of the matches especially at Takeover were phenomenal from mm-hmm. a creative standpoint outside of like something like Gargano with Champa, it all felt a little too uniform. Now, now think it feels were, more yeah. like NXT UK, which, you know, was, it was people walk backstage, they have an interaction match happens. Yeah. You know, and, and, and based because the, the, the characters had such chemistry and such rich history, that was fine.
1: Yeah. I, I think with NXT, there was a mystique about it because they were bringing in such interesting names from outside WWE and that mystique really was, I mean, that mystique was something else. And it, it, it branded itself as sort of like the uh, the critical darling of WWE, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the one where you can go and you can get the matches that Dave Meltzer would give five stars to, or now Steven Larson with their star rating system would give five stars to. Um, and that is still gone. And I think that was one of the main drawing powers of NXT black and gold. It was, you know, the the, the stories might not have been great the interactions between the characters i thought were, were were decent but at the end you just knew oh man we're going to get andrade versus jonah gargano we're going to get andrade versus malika uh, aleister black holy shit, those are going to be some good matches and for me personally and and this is this is a very me thing one of the main things that's keeping me from really investing too much into nxt i enjoy it i think hbk is a hell of a booker i think he really is some of the stuff he does over there is better main roster is the presentation of it it looks like a nickelodeon show still it looks cheesy it looks corny and i have a hard time buying into any real drama when it looks like that if they grunge it up and i'm not saying go back to the nxt black and gold days you want when more heavy metal that's what you want kind of yeah when like three quarters i want it to be i'll be honest with you if it looked more like raw underground I would be much more into it. And I say that in a very sort of superficial sense, just darker, a little grungier, um, not so like it looks like you're at, uh, you know, you're waiting in line at a Universal Studios ride of some sort, you know? Like it just look, it's it's ugly to me and it looks cheap. And granted back in the day when it was at Full sale, 75% of your screen was like just black, it was shadows. And I didn't, I wasn't really huge on that either, but it did give you an atmosphere of we're focusing on the wrestling here. Um, and, And so that's my main thing, man. Honestly, if they film this differently, uh if they if they had it i don't know man you know what is it like defy or beyond or something one of them indie feds out there they shoot at like 24 frames and it looks beautiful and like they've got like you know sort of mood lighting in the mm-hmm. place and like mm-hmm. some color lights mm-hmm. but otherwise it's really dark but not just pure shadows yeah if it looked good if it looked like i don't know uh the same aesthetic as like fight club or something yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I would this w- it would be my favorite promotion on the planet because I think the stories are good, the mm-hmm. characters are good, and mm-hmm. the wrestling, I, as you said, is getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if it was that, if it was that, if it was that aesthetic, this version of NXT would be there for me. It really would be. It's really good, but mm-hmm. it looks so cheesy. It's so difficult for me to get into. Fair enough.
2: Uh, we can lightning round a few uh, more questions here. Uh, Carlos Manzano here asks uh, Power Rank. 10 best title designs uh, from any promotion. Just give me give me your top three.
1: Ah, the, No particular order. Okay. Uh, dude, I'll be honest with you, man. I might be a big mark, but that WWE world title, <laughs> the main one, the black strap, the WWE title, yeah. big old logo, but it looks beautiful because it's all in like big diamonds or whatever it is. I don't know. Cubics zirconiums, croniums. Rhinestones. Rhinestone, yeah, rhinestones. Exactly. It's bedazzled. That's uh, a beautiful looking title. So I'm going to say that's probably my number one. All right. Uh, I don't know. Shit, I'm having a hard time coming up. I mean, if we're talking about any
2: belt, number one maybe for me is the uh, IWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship. Not the one now, but the one before they won. Oh, I was just
1: thinking of like current ones. Current ones. I
2: mean, the AEW World Title is a great looking belt
1: um yeah it's a good title it's it's a good I, I like i mentioned this i like mjf's variation i like the triple b yeah you know you can barely make out the burberry yeah, you can pattern see it. yeah you know if that's just brown i don't know does anybody have a brown strap belt that's going to be my number one right there yeah i don't recall i don't recall if the new if the new uh, world heavyweight title was all gold and with like a brown strap or even a gold strap that'd be my favorite title maybe that'd the
2: be the, be the giant w logo slightly less prominent
1: I'm all right with that. If it was just not like, if it didn't have like a black back pill, that would help if it was just yeah. all gold. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that but would
2: yeah. help a lot. Uh, Eddie Brock's venom. I know we kind of covered this, but we can uh, talk about it briefly. Given AEW rampage, i think get the best ratings on Friday night. What are your thoughts about how well collision will perform on Saturday? Given that would be UFC typical run pay-per-view on Saturday and other non-wrestling sporting shows air on weekends. They, I, if they can get, most of most of their Dynamite audience, I imagine they'd be very, very happy. But given the time spot, the competition, six hundred thousand consistently would probably be a, a good a good number for them.
1: So Tony Khan, I think during the press scrum said that he expects it to do better than preempted episodes of Dynamite that go on Saturdays. Mm. And if that's his bar, then I think around six hundred thousand is probably what that is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, six hundred thousand seems to be like if you're doing less than that, I don't know if that was a great idea.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I know. Uh, Blake Whitehouse here asks, given how much AEW is inspired by WCW and how rich and how much of a fan of wrestling he is, do you think Tony Khan could ever try to successfully buy WCW property from
1: Endeavor? Makes things a little bit different with the Endeavor deal. Yeah. But Vince is still... Vince. I think Vince would probably still have the yay or nay on that one. I would think no, so I, I I don't think... I don't think he would. I think it's probably that's probably too messy. It's probably too messy yeah. of a because there was like crossover. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't I, think, I don't so think they would ever allow that. No, yeah. I think it's a valuable property that they can continue to monetize, and that's what they want the IP. You exactly.
2: Know? And they, they do that all the time in the NXT specifically because they still brand whether it be premium live events or special episodes of NXT around old WCW pay per views.
1: Yeah, and then they still have, like, you know, they're able to license out uh, programs to A&E, a yep. biographies yep. with all those tape libraries. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to No, I think it, it, would, it would complicate things quite a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh here asks, of all the stadiums in the world, which stadium would you pick to host ACW's first-ever stadium show?
1: Ooh, oh, man. I don't know about you, but I would uh, I'd try for that Wembley also, man. I'd go to really? London. Or a stadium up in Scotland. I actually preferred my time at Edinburgh. You know, what? a stadium in Edinburgh.
2: We're, we're, we live in the Sacramento area. Hughes Stadium.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah.
2: In Sacramento. For the first yeah, ACW okay. show, it's got to be in Sacramento.
1: Come on. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Come right. on. Trying to think big worldwide, man. Whoop, whoop. Well,
2: baby steps. You know, you got to start small sometimes. Uh, Pacific Caleb asks, what are your favorite out there fast food items like the KFC Double Down? Oh, it's the Frito Burrito ever thought of putting the chips inside a burrito.
1: Yeah, that was a smart move on yeah. Freedom. Yeah, that was a smart move.
2: Uh, let's see here. Just another, I think this is Craigsman asks which dream matches featuring golden age slash attitude era wrestlers versus modern day wrestlers. Would you like to see the example provided here? Is honky tonk man versus Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Macho oh, okay. Man versus this current iteration of Seth Rollins. Give me that.
1: Oh, that's good. I'd want to see Gunther versus um, pff, Andre the Giant. Interesting. I think Andre would have some killer chops. Yeah. Giant hands. Like, giant hands, yeah. Uh,
2: let's see. Uh, Chris Maloney asks, is there any way to destroy Cody Mantium? <sighs> I mean, if it's like a little splints you go to the store and buy. You just take the piece of metal out. It's about an inch wide. You can just bend mm-hmm. that. You bend enough, it's broken.
1: I mean, in kayfabe, that seems to not be the case, though. Cody Mantium is perhaps you know up there with vibranium in terms of one of the most you know because it's like when Brock would hit him, he would have all that you know all the kinetic energy. He would send it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, so can anything break it? Not of this world. Let me ask you this, what's the melting point? Because if you get hot enough, mm-hmm. maybe you mm-hmm. got a chance yeah. there. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like uh, you know, the center of uh like a, a white dwarf star. Okay. Or like a blue. I know like the cooler the or the the cooler the color of the star, the hotter it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like the core. Of, of a star, star pretty much yeah that'd be pretty stores this i don't think stars have cores <laughs> well they They've have got they some have centers because sort of center you know it's all super yeah. hot in the center yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah so like if they did an inferno match not hot enough
1: no no all right pedestrian fire i don't think so i, mean, I had to ask the question
2: yeah no um a uh, bucket dipper here asks how would you properly book a title that's constantly switching hands a TNT title seems to be solidly award lows for the near future but would love to hear how would you book a like a hot potato wing a title like the TNT
1: title. I always liked your idea of the network title where like you're sitting there watching Peacock and then all of a sudden like your screen it takes over your screen you're like man I'm trying to watch the night court here and then it's like oh my god this you know guys about to lose his he's title he's grabbed the camera match. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like, what is this wrestling shit? I'm not into this fake crap. I like UFC. And I'm trying to watch my quantum leap right now. Well, you just quantum
2: leapt into a wrestling match, man. <laughs> right, exactly. Appreciate T
1: Yeah, TNT
2: or the network title will be awesome. That'd yeah, be just great. Make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Somebody make it happen. Any more questions? That's all I got. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Once again, if you want to have your question read here on Ask Going In Raw every Wednesday, patreon.com slash Stephen Larson, or click join on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Stephen Larson. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.